fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show that is dedicated to the people of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve foods and agricultural products with that Appalachian flair. And this is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Our theme song was sung by that talented Tennessee gal, Emmy Sunshine. And today we are setting the table with fly fishing and also how to cook trout over an open fire. Our guests are Charity and Ian Rudder of R&R Fly Fishing from Townsend, Tennessee, and also we'll hear from Chef Joseph Lynn. He is the owner of J.C. Holdway Restaurant located in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for pulling up a chair today at our Tennessee table. I really appreciate your good company. Now, those of us who live here in East Tennessee are so fortunate to be close to some of the best fly fishing streams and rivers anywhere in this world. Charity and Ian Rudder take people on fly fishing trips in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and on float trips in the Tennessee rivers. And today we're going to visit them and hear about their business, R&R Fly Fishing, and more about what they do. Charity is also leading a river discovery event next week up in Townsend, Tennessee, where she takes participants snorkeling into the Little River and teaches that group about the biodiversity of our natural streams and rivers here in East Tennessee. And uh, this will all benefit the organization Freshwaters Illustrated and more about that event upcoming in the break. Let's first sit down with Charity and Ian and hear about this interesting family-run fly fishing guide business right now. How many years have you all been in this business? Well, we we went independent in 2003. Mm -hmm. Um, I had guided for local fly shops and uh, Blackberry Farm for uh, before that starting going as far back as 1994 in 2003 we uh, went independent we had people calling us who had, had read our books and, and we decided if we were going to make a go of it that was the time and at the time we were uh, relatively young no children really didn't have anything to, to lose so we decided we'd get and give it a try and we're I guess you'd say we're still trying <laughs> <laughs> And how did you decide to do this together as a business? That's one of those stories that a lot of people say, you did not. <laughs> we met in a fly shop. You did not. We did. <laughs> we had a mutual friend that was a fly fishing guide 
that was actually doing some guiding for a place where Ian was working, and I had met him right after college working in the restaurant business when I first moved to Knoxville in 1992. And I ended up moving into a house that my parents were building to retire to here in Townsend, and it was just down the street from where Ian had just built a house and was living. How neat. <laughs> That's wonderful. So we became fast friends. And a year later, started dating, and a year later, got married. Oh, that's so. a good way to do it. Yeah. Now, y'all have got two children, right? And uh, are they big fishing people? Do they enjoy it? They Absolutely. do. Absolutely. They oh. love to be outside, oh. and that's that makes us happy. That's, I bet. <laughs> I bet it does. What kind of fishing trips do you offer? Well, everything is fly fishing, and it's it's not necessarily that, that we're biased against everything else, but it is a specialty thing, and um, we look at ourselves as teachers as much as anything, and while we want you to catch some fish while you're with us, we really want you to, to walk away from the day being uh, smarter about it and being able to replicate all that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we are absolutely want you to catch fish, we're really more concerned with you learning what it is that's going on in our uh, heads as we approach the river and, and are looking at it and where to find the fish and what would be on the fish's mind about what they want to eat. And fly fishing is really a, a, a whole process. Um, and when you think about fishing, a lot of people kind of think of it as just one thing, but there's there's different levels of fishing and there's there's a very passive method like jug fishing where you hang some bait under a jug in the lake and you come back tomorrow to find a catfish ate it and then you can kind of go up to maybe throwing a a spinner bait in the river and cranking it and kind of being selective about where you throw it but you're just still kind of cranking it and with fly fishing you have to really be in the fish's head about what flies are on the water at the moment what is the fish looking for and then once the fly is on the water, if it doesn't behave a certain way, the fish will completely ignore it. So you kind of have to make adjustments while the fly is on the water. And then when the fish eats it, he will spit the fly out almost instantaneously because it's small. It's just a little bit of feather on a hook. And when he bites down and hits that hook, he's going to spit it out. <laughs> so it's not like real food or bait that they're going to taste and, and swallow. So every little part of the experience the fisherman is responsible for for himself so that's where we're trying to teach people every little bit of it and uh, that that's what really is so captivating to most people is that you are you're actually kind of I guess you'd say telling an elaborate lie to, <laughs> to, to fool a living creature and you're you're trying to imitate living creatures these small insects and uh, fool another living creature trying to teach people how to think like a trout so that you can catch them (laughs) you know where are they where are they going to be sitting in the river where they can get food easily without using all their energy they are cold-blooded you know is there a place that they have a quick place to hide and get away from predators you know and we're looking for all of those kinds of things when we're when we're looking for fish in the river and to catch them. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing is a lot of people who, who might just fish casually uh, would, would often go to places that are heavily stocked with fish where the state drops a bunch of fish. And for the most part, we don't really do that. We fish primarily up in the national park and all the fish are wild. And uh, that's that's like the real deal. We're, I always kind of refer to the, the stock fish as river chickens 
because they are somewhat of an agricultural product. They've been (laughs) they've been raised in uh, a protected environment where they are fed Mm -hmm. daily. They're protected from predators, and then they get dropped in the river as adults, and they've had zero experience feeding themselves or protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes they will see a person and actually swim to the person. Where wild fish, through their entire lives, had to feed themselves and protect themselves from predators. So once they get to any size, they're pretty savvy Mm -hmm. in in a survival sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where we're not just necessarily about the catching of the fish. Mm -hmm. It's it's more of an experience of going out and kind of learning stuff and observing. And you kind of become part of nature. Um, and because where we fish is primarily wild fish, we're, we're pretty big practitioners of catch and release fly fishing, um, just because the state isn't coming in next week and dropping another batch. Mm -hmm. So when we take a fish that's three years old out of the river, it's going to take another three years to replace that fish. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess you'd say also in our business, we, we kind of look at the trout as being, um, business partners that without trout in the river we're kind of out of out of luck there Mm -hmm. well and one of the things i love about um teaching people fly fishing and taking them into the national park is we get to teach them about that environment and we get to show them the life that is in that river under the rocks the bugs you know pointing out wildflowers and salamanders and talking about how the trout are in the river and why they're in that spot as opposed to another and um you know, I've always said that I feel like the more we can expose people and educate them on our national park and these wild places, the more they're going to grow to love it and want to protect it the way we do. And that's that's a really important part of what we do. Um, we spend a lot of time volunteering with the national park and... Um, we just, we just love what it stands for and, you know, want to protect it and preserve it so that someday our kids can, can have their families there and that sort of thing. So um, that's, that's one of my favorite things is just introducing people to the national park and to the wild places and showing them how they can be there and not be afraid of it. A lot of people are afraid to go out in the woods and in the river and um, there's so many amazing places that you can go and see that, uh, you know, one of our goals is to create a comfort level with the people we take fishing so that they won't be scared to go back tomorrow without us, you Mm -hmm. know, or next week or whatever. You know, we, we understand that people aren't necessarily going to hire us to take them fishing every single time they come. Um, but if we can teach them how to go do it on their own, Um, the excitement of them figuring that out and getting that fish on the line without our assistance is really fun. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and I thank you for listening today. And our guests today are Charity and Ian Rudder, and they are owners of a small family-owned business called R&R Fly Fishing in Townsend, Tennessee. And Charity just mentioned one of her favorite things to do with their guests is to show them the diversity of aquatic life in the streams and waterways of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. And she's also leading an event upcoming next week on June the 18th called River Discovery. 
That's going to be in Townsend, Tennessee. And participants will learn to recognize habitats and identify a variety of species that live in our rivers. And this program starts off with a video presentation provided by Fresh Waters Illustrated, followed by a guided snorkeling experience in the Little River with Charity Rudder. And Charity was inspired to do this after having watched the film produced by the organization Freshwater Illustrated called Hidden Rivers of Southern Appalachia. And this film features beautifully filmed footage in the streams of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, both in Tennessee and North Carolina. And on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com, I have put a link to this event and pre-registration is required and there's a modest fee to attend and a good deal of the portions from the proceeds from ticket sales will be donated to Freshwater Illustrated to continue their efforts on education and preservation of our nation's fresh waters. And I've also put links to Charity and Ian Rudder's company R&R Fly Fishing. That's TennesseeFarmTable.com. And I'm not sure if y'all know this or not, but my husband and I started publishing a magazine called West Knottsville Lifestyle, and our cover story this month of June is Charity and Ian Rudder of R&R Fly Fishing, and Jenny Treadway Miller wrote a story in there, and there are plenty of pictures of the Rudders and their two children, and a really good description of what drives them and the nature of their business, and that is found online, westknottsvillelifestyle.com. And a note, R&R Fly Fishing does not advertise with this show or with the magazine. I just think it's a good story of good people running a wholesome small business here in East Tennessee and making our community a little bit brighter. And with this COVID virus we're all going through, I wanted to spotlight their business as a possible way to experience the great outdoors in a safe way. So let's listen to part two of our visit with the Rudders. And in this part, I've asked them more detail about their business, what sort of trips they offer, and how people can find them, and what people can expect, and a few words about their books and educational materials that they have written and published, and how y'all can find out about all that. Okay, so what kind of a time commitment does it take for customers to go on, say, a trip up to Elkmont or somewhere? We offer a few different kinds of trips. We offer half-day guided trips. Mm -hmm. We offer full-day guided trips. And then we do the float trips. Yeah, the Clinch and the Holston Rivers are where we do our trout floats. And uh, those fish are put in by the state. Um TWRA stocks a lot of small fish in those rivers and they grow up in the river and uh, so you'll get varying sizes on those trout over there and the small ones learn to feed themselves and they get on those uh, natural insects much better than the, the adult fish that go in the river. Do people need to bring their own equipment or how does that work? If you have it we always encourage you to bring it mm -hmm. um, but we have rods that we keep handy whether you just want to try whatever we're using or um, don't like to think about it but sometimes there might be a awful event where somebody slams their rod in a car door or something and so we'll <laughs> we'll have an extra handy if there's a, a bad problem mm -hmm. but um, and then with waders again bring your own stuff if you've got it if you don't we can we can rent you some uh, waders mm -hmm. and you don't always need waders you don't really need waders on a float trip you're staying in the boat we're up in the Smokies, we use the waders, um, kind of fall through the winter into spring, but in the summer, you 
can just use the felt bottom boots for good traction and uh, just wade in shorts or quick dry pants, whatever you prefer. How long in advance do people need to contact you all to reserve trips? The, uh, the prime time fishing is usually in the spring and again in the fall, mm -hmm. um, kind of that spring break time frame through May. And we're already taking a fair number of bookings. Our calendar's filling up right now. So, so really, just as soon as you know you're going to go. Mm -hmm. um, and then October, you know, you want to start thinking about that by August, mm -hmm. if not a little earlier. Okay. Uh, with all the fall color and um, great weather in the fall, that's also a really good time. Now, a huge advantage we have to this area with the National Park being our backyard here is that there's about a thousand miles of trout stream in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Um, wow. We don't guide every bit of that. There's some parts on the North Carolina side that are too far of a drive for us, but there's parts of North Carolina we go into. And um, one of the things that we have a really, I feel like is a real advantage for us is even in the hottest part of summer, we can go up into the higher elevations. Um, you know, the water is always running. It's always here and it's always cold. So if it's, if it's really warm and the lower parts of the river are full of people playing in the water and tubing and swimming, we can go up in the higher elevations and climb over big boulders all day and catch brook trout and rainbow trout up high. Um, and, you know, lots of times have to have a fleece on in the morning in July up there because it's chilly. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, there's a lot of shade. Um, it just gets cooler in that higher elevation, and that water stays really cold. That's nice. So it really gives us um, a real good variety of waters to take people to. We can take them to teeny tiny streams. We can take them to big wide open streams. Yeah. We can take them into the back country where we're hiking all day and climbing over big boulders or hiking on the old railroad you know, where the old railroads used to run and yes. going way up in that, that part of the park. So there's a lot of different options here. We have brown trout and rainbow trout and brook trout that are all wild in the national park. The brook trout are the native, um, and there's been a lot of restoration for that. And so that's a really exciting thing to see and a lot of fun. Um, so we love to take people and show them those beautiful brook trout, too. They're so colorful. They're a lot smaller than the rest of our trout, um, but I think they're the most beautiful of all of the species we have of trout in the park. They are. Well, you know, you have captured a lot of that beauty because you're both good photographers and you create your own publications. Um, and my goodness, your photography is so professional and you really take pictures of the beautiful markings of the fish and whatnot. So if people were interested in your books again, where do they get those? Um, our website is randrflyfishing.com and on the homepage there's a button at the top of the screen that says store. And okay. in our store you can buy our books. We have a guidebook to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Mm -hmm. We have a guidebook that covers the entire state of Tennessee, so it includes those tailwaters as well as the big lakes that are up high. We also have a book that is just kind of essays and short stories that Ian wrote. He's a great storyteller oh, and um, he writes the same way he talks. So awesome. um, we've got a, a book that's a, a great 
coffee table style book that's just full of pretty pictures and fun stories that kind of put you in the moment just kind of the way I describe it it's called rise rings and rhododendron and then we have a book that's all about the brook trout streams in the national park and then we have a technique book that's really could be used anywhere you're fishing that's about fishing with streamers But what we'll do is we either instruct people in fly fishing or people who are somewhat experienced fly fishers but not experienced in this area. Um, we'll take them fishing uh, primarily in Great Smoky Mountains National Park and also uh, float people locally on the Clinch and um, Holston Rivers. We're R&R fly fishing and we kind of did that as a play on words between uh, rudder and rudder and R&R like rest and relaxation. Now what's that website address again Charity? It's r&rflyfishing.com you just have to spell out the and you know most people that come here to go fishing are coming on a trip or a vacation to take time off and as Ian said we kind of did it a play on our names and on rest and relaxation to create the R&R fly fishing. So when people do come here on vacation, how is it they know about you? Well, there's there's a variety of ways, and um, we have a pretty robust website and blog fishing report. So most people that um, would type in anything into Google about um, fly fishing in Tennessee or the Smokies would find us that way. Mm -hmm. um, but also just from our guidebooks, we've had a number of people over the years who have bought our books and, and wanted to go fishing with us. And uh, then there's also word of mouth, and we have a, a pretty substantial repeat clientele as well. We've been talking again to Charity Rudder and Ian Rudder of R&R &R Fly Fishing in Townsend, Tennessee. And we just thank you so much for sparing some time for us here at the Tennessee Farm Table. Well, thank, thank you for having you. us. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. Our first guests today have been Charity and Ian Rudder, owners of their own small family business called R&R Fly Fishing in Townsend, Tennessee. And again, links to the Rudders in R&R Fly Fishing and a link to that river discovery event that Charity is leading next Thursday in Townsend, June 18th, all available on my website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. And up next, if you do happen to catch a mess of trout, we have James Beard award-winning chef Joseph Lynn, who is the owner of J.C. Holdway Restaurant in downtown Knoxville, on how to cook a trout on an open fire. And in this story, he also shares a good food memory of cooking bacon, country ham, potatoes, and ramps while on a ramp hunt in the mountains of North Carolina with Alan and Sharon Benton. I remember once you saying that would be a really fun thing to record and do, go fishing and cook that trout over the fire. I mean, my husband and I, we love going trout fishing. We usually catch and release, but I don't really have any idea how long you cook it or if you wrap it in a loom full. How do you do it? Do you mind to tell us? No, not at all. So um, we actually kind of did something like this with Sean for Mind of a Chef when we were filming that. Um, we went and caught some fish and we're cooking it over fire so um, it didn't make it to the show but it was one of my favorite things we did um, but you know if you're if you're out there and you know catch the fish and have a fire going they don't take long to cook especially because you know trout play is pretty 
skinny unless you catch a giant. Uh, Mine are but, all very small. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, you know, w- what I typically do is I'll just, you know, split them where they're butterflied um, and kind of, uh, it's almost like I think of how um, some of these pitmasters cook a pig. They'll start them, you know, um, skin side up and then flip them. And then that fat from, you know, the skin of the pig will almost so like confit the, the pork, so to speak, which is just cooking it slowly in its own fat, mm-hmm. where I'll kind of do the same thing with the fish and actually start on the flesh side and then flip it over on that skin and let that skin kind of protect it and then also kind of crisp up. Um, and then, you know, if, if if it doesn't crisp up, you can it just kind of pulls right away from, from the skin and it's just so delicious that way. But I'm kind of... In my older age, I'm kind of would be a glamper, I guess, these days, if you will, but uh, where I could kind of just pull up and and camp easily. Um, car camp. Yeah, car camp. Uh, you know, kind of like you can do at Elkmont and some of those other sites. Abrams these days. Creek. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do a little, little pull up and camp kind of thing. All kidding aside. Um, you know, I, when I joke about the glamping, like, I'll still bring some of the conveniences of home, like a lemon, um, some salt and pepper, and maybe, like, a little grater that I can grate some of that lemon, and maybe some good olive oil, and that's really all I really need. So, you know, I'll pack a little travel size bottle of, say, olive oil, and just, you know, pour a little of that over there, season it with some salt and pepper, and as it finishes, maybe just grate a little lemon zest mm-hmm. over it, and it, it doesn't get much better than that, so... Um, that's kind of how I found myself if I'm cooking outdoors I'll, I'll bring a tool with me that just can enhance that experience just a little bit and it can be just as something as simple as like you know just a little grater to grate that lemon zest and then you know I'll we've got these little what we call delis at the restaurant so I'll pack a couple of those up with some lemons or whatever in there and just have some of you know my favorite things that you know are easy to you know car camp with and where you can just, you know, season it simply with, you know, just simple kosher sea salt and black pepper and, you know, it doesn't require, you know, a bunch of stuff. And so that's kind of my, my simple way of, of, of cooking. And I find myself cooking more things simply like that at home if I'm, you know, I, I live downtown now, so I don't have some of my fun toys like I had at my house before, like a green egg. So that's at my parents' house, so I get to use it there now. And um, if I want to cook over some fire, but uh, when you're cooking that fish over that fire, do you are you cooking it in a pan or over a grate or what? Just on a grate, you, oh, know, okay. you know. I'll I'll uh-huh. bring you know a couple bricks or you know or you know if you're in the mountains, you just put a couple stones just to kind of keep it level. And I'll just take it like a travel grate with me and oh, just put okay. that down and you know get it hot and um, uh-huh. you know we kind of let the fire burn down until it's like embers. And okay. so you know if even if you know, you've got a separate fire. We'll shovel out just some of the coals. You know, one of my favorite things to do with Alan Benton is we'll go do this ramp hunting in in the spring around April, and we do it pretty much annually. Unfortunately, last year we didn't do it, but I'll bring just the grate because uh, one year I was like, I'm just going to grill some of these ramps, and because he and Sharon will be out there cooking bacon and ham, and they've got all this grease that they you know cook the ramps and the potatoes with, and I said. So one time, just I was like, I don't have a bowl, but we got newspaper. So I sat there, poured some of that bacon and uh, country ham fat all over these ramps, and just seasoned with salt, 
cooking them over the open fire like they do with these onions in Spain. And so I remember just doing that, just laying them out on that newspaper. And we were just sitting around eating those now and goes, that may be the best ramp I've ever had in my life. And I said, ah, you're just being nice. He said, nope. And I've had a lot of ramps. And so... (laughs) But I said, well, that's your that's your bacon fat working magic right there, buddy. And so it is a secret weapon. Um, but you know, it's it's amazing what a little bit of good fat, some salt, and some fire will will can create. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's one of my favorite things that I look forward to in the spring. And we always joke. He's like, we need to do this where you go catch some trout and we have it with this. And so oh, yeah. um, it's inspired some dishes along the way. Um, just that ramp hunt, I do additions spring with pork potatoes um, and ramps and it's really an ode to Alan Benton and that meal that we share in the springtime and we get together with uh, some really great friends and it is probably uh, it's kind of like spring's here we're going on a ramp hunt and um, I mean there's been years we've gone and there's been snow still on the mountain when we go but um, we go to North Carolina and um, it's 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 a good time, but my, one of my favorite things is he said, you know, everybody says this is so good, but he goes, I really think everybody's just so tired from tromping up and down the mountain that they're hungry and would eat anything. And he goes, <laughs> he said, I could cook just about anything and you'd probably love it at this point. But, <laughs> and, I, and I said, I disagree. It's, it's, it's probably, if I had to pick, you know, everybody says, you know, what would you have if you could have a last meal? And that's, that's pretty close to being one of them is mm-hmm. Sharon and him cooking you know, country ham, bacon, potatoes, and ramps. It's mm. it's pretty tasty, and that moment when everybody's sitting on a cooler or a camping chair around a fire, and just it's dead silent because everybody's loving what they're eating. Um, it doesn't get much better than that. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.